Is America coming apart, decomposing? Are we on a path to a national suicide? We'll ask two-time presidential candidate Pat Buchanan. And the presidential race is getting more interesting with Oprah campaigning for Barack Obama and Mike Huckabee in Dallas today. We'll bring you the latest. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. It's your time to seize the opportunity to support a man who, as the Bible says, loves mercy and does justly. All right, that's Oprah campaigning for Obama. Will it make a difference? I want you to listen very carefully Again, to Oprah Winfrey, the television phenomenon endorsing Barack Obama for president, does she sound like the woman who does the daily talk show every day, or is she sounding a little bit different here? I'm tired of politics as usual. That's why you seldom see politicians on my show, because I only have an hour. Okay, she went on, Pennant, to say that she's tired of those politicians. (laughs) Because because she says when they get on that show for an hour, there's so much Washington speak and um, political language, and they won't speak the truth, and they're pretending to be someone that they're not. But I really think, uh, I listened to this speech uh, on television, I watched it, and there was a tone of um, revivalism, a tone that you don't hear speak normally, and I wonder if she's actually lapsing into a kind, of, a kind of political speak that she's actually criticizing. I've been inspired. I've been inspired to believe that a new vision is possible for America. Uh, here she is again. This is Oprah Winfrey. I was raised in the church got baptized when I was eight years old and I used to go to church and sit in the same pew middle aisle second row right hand side every Sunday let's go back to soundbite number one Larry if you will I am so grateful to be here today giving all praise and honor to God look at the day that the Lord has made okay well that was Obama and he's sounding revivalistic. Mm-hmm. He's sounding like a preacher. Penna, how do you think this comes across? Well, I'm surprised that they sound so preachy, really. Um, I know Oprah does uh, try to be a spiritual leader to a lot of people across the country, but I thought she was going to be a little more political. 
talking more about his concern for uh, the underprivileged across the country, things like that. And uh, you saw the speech, so maybe uh, maybe that was the case. But uh, this sounds like a religious revival. They almost sound more like a preacher than Mike Huckabee does. Well, speaking of Mike Huckabee, he has a nine-point security plan to combat illegal immigration. And I don't know anyone better to talk about that plan than our next guest, which is Pat Buchanan. He ran in the 2000 presidential election on the Reform Party ticket. Pat Buchanan has served as senior advisor to three American presidents, Nixon, Ford, and Reagan. He's a political analyst on the MSNBC cable network. And Pat Buchanan has just written a new book called Day of Reckoning. Pat, welcome back to the program. Jerry, how are you? Good to talk with you. We're doing great. Uh, I've got to ask you about uh, some of the statements in this book, and I want you just to lay it out and hit us with it. America is on a path of national suicide. Would you lay that out for us? Sure. When you've got uh, six million people walked across your border in the last seven years and entered your country illegally, when you got a dollar that's sinking like a stone... When you get to your fighting two wars and neither of them looks like they're they have any end in sight, when you got a social security Medicare crisis that remains unaddressed, and when you're running seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred billion dollar trade deficits, you've got a great nation on the verge on that is in decline, and I think it's on the verge of a perfect storm, and that's what I write about in the book. In each of those chapters, you describe one of the crises that are coming up the road at the United States of America. But the greatest one, Jerry, is we're losing the ability to convert immigrants into Americans and to protect our borders. And I think if they're not protected and secured with a security fence within the next 10 years, there will be a de facto, de facto merger of this country with Mexico, and that is the end of the United States as an independent, sovereign, identifiable nation and people. Pat, um we're talking about the Huckabee surge also today, and I've noted that he's just come out with a nine-point plan. The first point is build the fence. The second point is increase border patrol. The third point is prevent amnesty. Is this a conversion for Huckabee, a conversion for the Republican Party? Uh, do you think that uh, he means business and that we're headed in the right direction here? Well, clearly, if, if Governor Huckabee has taken those nine points. I've had a ten-point plan for a number of years, and he's got two of the points right there. The key ones, no amnesty, the security fence, are two of the ten points in my own proposal that I've recommended for a number of years now. And frankly, Governor Huckabee has had a fairly weak record on illegal immigration. But if he's seen the light, I think then we ought to accept his, his statements and accept his commitments now, this job needs to be done. Maybe he has awakened to it. He's certainly been awakened by the people out there that told him about it. And if he has, that's a good thing. I mean, the whole idea here, Jerry, is not to say who was right first, but to get the job done for the country. And if he wants to pitch in and help do that, then I say welcome aboard. Our guest is Pat Buchanan. I'm sure you recognize the voice. His new book is The Day of Reckoning. And, uh, Pat, uh, we're so glad to have you with us. You know, you talk about assimilation of immigrants into this country, and we used to be called a melting pot. And, you know, when I think of that, I think of sort of a stew that stirs up and tastes delicious. Well, now we've got a plate with all the, the pieces of food separate and not meshing together, and that's hurting us, isn't it? 
Well, you know, on the melting pot, the melting pot is what took us all. I mean, Irish folks and Jewish folks and Polish folks and Italians and English and Germans and Slovaks and Hungarians and all, and turned us into something new, a new people entirely, an identifiable people with their own history and heroes and culture and traditions and language and poetry and prose and experience through the Depression and wars together, a new people, Americans. And what has happened is the melting pot is cracked and broken. It is being rejected by certain elites as some form of cultural genocide against peoples coming to this country. It is being repudiated. At the same time, we have 38 million immigrants in this country. That's almost as many immigrants as there are in countries like Spain. And one in three of them is an illegal alien. And if the melting pot is broken, how do we ever come together? How can I be a fellow citizen of somebody who doesn't even understand me and I can't even understand him? What is happening is that America is becoming basically sort of an empire rather than a nation, a, a, a geographical expression in which there are various enclaves of ethnic and racial and, and tribal groupings, all of them seemingly at war with each other. And that, again, is the past to national suicide. Well, it really is. And, Pat, you nail the problem, but the book isn't just problems. It's also solutions. So is there a way to turn things around to get back to the way we used to assimilate immigrants? I mean, I know, first of all, we've got to get rid of this illegal immigrant problem and stop the flow. What else? Well, I think there is. But, again, it takes time. The le- How did it work before, we have to ask ourselves? And the way it worked was this. Between 1890 and 1920, we brought in some 15 to 20 million people. They came from Eastern and Southern Europe, and Americans had never come in any great numbers from those areas before. So what we did was declare a timeout on legal immigration, all immigration. And then the public schools and the Catholic schools and the institutions of society began to insist that all the immigrants that they learn English, that they learn the American language, that they learn American history, that they learn American literature. And by Well, our own American students aren't even learning some of those things now. Well, I'm talking about all the American students at that time going through the schools. But now the public schools, in many cases, indulge in the idea that you could speak another language in school and that you don't have to study American history, you can study world history. And that American prose and poetry was the work of, you know, dead white males who were agents of imperialism anyhow, and we have to worry about world civilizations. I think we've got to start converting people into Americans again. And if we don't, how are we going to be held together in a couple of decades? Pat, I also noticed that you, um, you're warning against this union between Mexico, Canada, the United States. I was troubled in the last Republican presidential debate that uh, that question was asked. I think they asked it of Ron Paul. I think I heard some commentary later uh, where people thought this was um, some kind of weird conspiracy uh, theory. Uh, But you actually document uh, plans for money, uh, an authority, a highway. Could you talk about uh, the plans that are in the making for this kind of a union? Well, sure, the North American Union is an idea which, you know, the president of Mexico went to Europe in, in 2002 and says NAFTA is the building block of a new order in America that is to be modeled on the European Union. And the European Union is an economic union, that's the way it began, 
where all borders are erased for people and goods to move across them back and forth. And gradually, as the borders are erased, and it becomes one economic unit, we've seen in Europe a single government rising above Europe called the European Union. And now it tried to impose its own constitution, which was rejected by the French and the Dutch. And, uh, and now uh, I think in the United States we see the same thing. It's much later along. It's already rising in the NAFTA agreement, the design for deeper integration, the Trans-Texas Highway. All of these ideas, the Wall Street Journal, which is a conservative newspaper, calls for a new constitutional amendment. There shall be open borders. Uh, there are people that speak out openly in favor of this. I mean, the idea is there. It is evolving. And if you maintain the economic open borders and you don't build a fence between our countries, I think it's an inevitability. Mm. Our guest is Pat Buchanan. He's written the book Day of Reckoning. Pat, uh, we bring this down now locally. Dallas Morning News, Saturday. Here's the front line of a major article. Listen carefully. The Irving School District has lost 650 students since the end of September, and officials attribute the decline to a crackdown on illegal immigrants. Your reaction to that headline? Well, this is what is going to happen. Look, the, the President of the United States, both in the Clinton era and in the Bush era, they have failed to secure the borders of this country. It was true under Bush 1. And as a result, we have all these illegal aliens in the country, and all the kids, a lot of them now, are illegal. Mexicans bring their kids into the United States to have them educated at taxpayers' expense. And so when the federal government does nothing, states and localities act, and they do something, because taxpayers are being, to use a phrase, ripped off by people here illegally. The tragedies are a lot of kids are going to pay this price, uh, who's, who, through, and it's not their fault, in the public schools. And it, when, if you really succeed in the, uh, in, the, in, in the systematic deportation of criminals and others, and you begin then to shut down the magnets, no social welfare, uh, including no educational benefits free of charge, and these, you do all these things, there's going to be human tragedy. There's no question about it. And human unhappiness as people pull up roots they had just set down and have to go back home. This Pat, is a result of our politicians. We're going to be right back. We're up on a hard break. When we come back, the end of the Reagan era, Pax Americana, and the war in Iraq. Pat Buchanan will be right back. It's Jerry Johnson Live with Penn Dexter. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Crystal College and Crystal Communications. All right, we're back. Our guest is Pat Buchanan. He's written the book Day of Reckoning. Pat, welcome back. I want you, Pat, to listen to this report about the Republican candidates. Republicans who've been hammering away at illegal immigration for months cooled it Sunday in South Florida as they tried to woo many disaffected Latinos to the GOP. While still emphasizing the need for better border security and an end to illegal immigration, the debate was designed to lure Hispanic votes in the run-up to the Iowa caucuses and the primaries beyond. Senator John McCain openly warns that caustic immigration Immigration views voiced by some Republicans have driven Hispanics away from the party. But on the other hand, when Ron Paul called for improved relations with Cuba, anti-Castro types in the audience let him have it. I'm Brian Thomas. All right, our guest is Pat Buchanan. Pat, I have this question for you. John McCain says we can't be caustic about this. Of course, he was proposing amnesty, very unpopular measure. Uh, do you think that some of these Republicans are more concerned about party suicide than national suicide, and uh, I'm reading that really only 2% of the electorate is Hispanic in the first place. What's your take on this? Well, the, the national electorate of Hispanics is about 6%, but 47% of Hispanics in Arizona voted in favor of Proposition 200, which cut off all social welfare benefits to illegal aliens. So millions of patriotic uh, Hispanics don't want this country invaded from the South. I mean, they love this country as we do. They want to become good Americans. Many of them are good Americans. Many of them served in the military. So it is a myth that they are unhappy that we're enforcing our laws. I don't understand Senator McCain. What is it he wants us to do? He has proposed an amnesty for 12 million lawbreakers, and he says if we don't stand with him, then we're going to lose the Hispanic vote. He, he, Senator McCain opposed Proposition 200, which would have cut off benefits to illegal aliens. I mean, are we not to enforce our laws in, because of, it will make us unpopular hmm. with some group? That's preposterous. I think Senator McCain has been guilty, in my judgment, of pandering in a lot of these cases, and the people who have stood up for what was right and taken the abuse have shown great courage, and we've now reached the point where the American people agree almost 80% with a tough stand on illegal immigration and a desire to get the melting pot working and to make Americans of those who have come here legally. And, of course, now we notice Senator McCain changing his tune a little bit on the campaign tra uh, trail. I want to switch to another subject, uh, Mr. Buchanan, and that is religion in this presidential race, because we've got Obama and Oprah on this basically preaching tour. And, of course, we have a Southern Baptist minister, Mike Huckabee, and a candidate, and then uh, Mitt Romney's speech last week. So religion is an issue uh, in the campaign. Is that as it should be? Well, I think it, it, I think it is as it should be in the sense that People are interested, and they want to know, and people are concerned about these things. Clearly, it was the uh, concern expressed by a number of evangelical Christians and others about the Mormon faith and about Romney's beliefs that caused him to come forward and make that speech, which I thought was an excellent address last week in stating his views and his beliefs with regard to church and state, with regard to his faith, with regard to the attempted secularization of American society. So I think he did a fine job, and, and Mike Huckabee, the governor, he's a Baptist preacher. He's proud of it. He says that uh, my Baptist beliefs influence what I, uh, my public, uh, my public stands, as they do for all of us. So I don't find that a serious problem. If the American people are interested or concerned, 
then you should address the concerns, and many of them are not. And so I don't have a problem with that as long as we don't make the, I, I would trust the election would not get down to the point where we're voting on religion alone and we're voting on theology, and, our, and, and because that will be another form, I think, of division in the country, which has enough divisions. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Pat Buchanan. He's written the book Day of Reckoning. Pat, I want to switch subjects one more time. You've written about overreach, military overreach. And I want to ask you, is there any reason for us to have 75,000 troops in Germany, 47,000 troops in Japan, 13,000 troops in Italy, and down the list I could go? Uh, we might disagree on the Iraq War, but what about all these other areas? What's your take on that? Well, I agree with General Eisenhower, who said in 1961 that we've defended Europe as it got on its feet after World War II. We've had 300,000 troops here. But now that they've got on their feet, they should provide the troops for their own defense. I believe that is certainly true with regard to South Korea. It is 40 times as wealthy as the North, has twice as many people. They can provide the ground forces for their own defense, and America can assist them if they're under attack with air and sea power. There's no reason why Americans should die in a second Korean war. Uh, South Korea is vital to South Korea, of course, but it is not so vital to us that we automatically ought to be engaged in case a conflict breaks out there. Why should we? Why should Americans die in the Second Korean War? I understood the first, the communist empire, was trying to add South Korea. It's a worldwide the communist threat. empire was our enemy. Hmm. A worldwide think, threat. We had a worldwide threat from the Soviet Union yes. and the communist empire and communist China, which had just taken power a year before. But I think now what we ought to do is we ought to bring our ground forces home, repair and rebuild our military, husband and grow our strength, become again the arsenal of democracy, and tell other nations that you are the first providers when it comes to the defense of your own country. And this next generation of Americans, we should decide whether we want to go to war or have to go to war. The decision shouldn't be made for us, Jerry, by... Uh, you know, John Foster Dulles or Dean Atchison, <laughs> who lived in a time that's been gone since you and I were in grammar school. All right. You can read more of this in Day of Reckoning by Pat Buchanan. Pat, it's always good to talk to you. We'll have you back. Thank you very much, my friend. Bye-bye. All right, folks. We want your calls now, your reactions. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Should we have troops in Germany, Japan, South Korea, Italy? Um, should these countries, who are now fairly wealthy and have plenty of young, able uh, soldier adults, should they be defending themselves? Why should U.S. military troops be in Germany, Japan, South Korea, or Italy? And really, more importantly, we're thinking about the immigration issue. Pat, very controversial there, but uh, strong in saying that we need to close the border. We need to go after employers that uh, employ illegal immigrants. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. And what do you think about this notion? And with Huckabee in town today, what do you think about this notion of John McCain saying, look, we can't be caustic when we talk about, uh, and what he means by that is that we can't say close the border. 
And we can't say the illegal immigrants should go home. <laughs> That's McCain's uh, meaning of caustic. What do you think about McCain saying we're going to lose uh, conservatives or Republicans will lose the Hispanic vote or we're committing party suicide? What do you think of that? 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. You know, his recommendations are interesting in this book, too. And the one that he mentioned about a moratorium on all immigration, legal and illegal. And uh, recently, Peggy. Noonan also wrote a piece, and she said, let's sit back and absorb the people that are already here. And part of that absorbing is what Pat talked about, the assimilation, teaching people American history, American literature, making sure that everybody's speaking English in our schools, you know, sort of changing not only the educational system for uh, illegal immigrants who are here and their children, but also just all of our students. So we once again understand who America is, and we become a country that's patriotic and that's kind of unified on things uh, because we are so divided now along uh, racial lines uh, and along uh, really uh, national origin lines. Okay, folks, and what do you think about this news story in the Dallas Morning News on Saturday? The Irving School system has lost 650 students because of tighter immigration enforcement in the city of Urban. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Daryl is on the line from DeSoto. Daryl, your reactions to Buchanan? Well, uh, I was listening to him, and I couldn't disagree with him more on the military. Uh, number one, I, I, I was a soldier. Uh, I served in Korea, and, and interestingly enough, uh, one of the things that I used to do was, uh, was do the end brief when soldiers first came to Korea, along with the Korean Army, a colonel. Question I would ask them is why they why they were there or why they thought they were there, and generally the answer was going to be to protect Korea. But that's the uh, the wrong answer uh, because Korea and Germany and Italy and all those places, as you say, they have their own formidable fighting forces, uh, and and uh, and we're not over there protecting those folks. What we are doing though is is protecting our own interests and protecting our sea lines of communications and other things that, uh, that are vital uh, to our being able to respond anywhere we need to be able to respond to. I think that's uh, interesting, Daryl, and I, I think Buchanan's point would be this. When you were in Korea, and I'm not sure when that was, but certainly he was saying initially we should have been there because there was a worldwide threat of communism, uh, of which North Korea was just a part or even a pawn, really, in that in that big chess game. But now we don't face the worldwide threat. North Korea is really one nation acting more or less alone, maybe China back behind it in some sense, in some ways. But that certainly uh, South Korea, 40 times more wealthy than North, and millions and millions of young men that could go into the armed services there, why aren't they uh, recruiting more men into the military, stacking them up on that, parallel line. I think that would be his question. Well, here's the the thing, and I'll speak specifically about Korea, Uh, and and that's a very wrong assumption about uh, them not being in the military, because Korea still has a conscripted army, uh, even today. Every young man at at the age of 18 has to go for two years in the military in Korea. Uh, they They can't go to college until they've been to the military. Uh, if they are able-bodied young men. Uh, Korea has one of the largest field armies in the world. Well, and I know uh, it's a disproportional 
match between the North and the South, and in terms of manpower and conventional weapons, the North could overrun the South, and that's been one of the great threats. We've got to go. We've got a hard break, but we've got Wesley on the line, Lee on the line. We're going to take them both when we come back. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about the Christianization or the secularization of America. We're talking about Pat Buchanan's book, Day of Reckoning. Is America on the way down? What can we do to bring her back? You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Okay, is the illegal immigration crisis destroying our national fabric? That's what Pat Buchanan says in his book, Day of Reckoning. We just had him on. We want to know your reaction. And we've got Wesley on the line. Wesley, thank you for holding. What's your view? Well, I think it's I think it's interesting that what was it ten to fifteen years ago, Pat Buchanan's being touted as you know America's biggest bigot, the worst thing that's wrong with the Republican Party and, <laughs> and everything else, and you know as history is proving that he was dead on a man before his time calling calling out the immigration issue. Um, I, the immigration issue is such a point with me for a combination of reasons. I I teach in a school district with a very high illegal immigrant population. Um, I see what happens. I see how the system gets worked. Um, Quite honestly, I am the Republican Party. Middle age, pay my taxes. I'm a former military person, Persian Gulf veteran. I'm the guy, and I'm at the point now where I'm I'm really not planning on voting for for any of them. I'm I'm really kind of at the point where I am sick of our government. They have let us down over and over and over. Hey, Wesley, not going to vote for anybody? No, no, no. I'll probably go libertarian. Let me ask you this, Wesley, because this Irving School District story, I mm-hmm. think Pat was kind of defensive about it, actually, but I was surprised. But uh, 600 students didn't come back um, in September, and it's because of the crackdown in Irving mm-hmm. on illegal immigrants. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a great thing. Quite honestly, I think it's very I embarrassing. Too. I think it's very embarrassing yes. that a small city mayor like, like the mayor of Irving has more courage and more guts to enforce our national laws than our president, who, who uh, you know, I, I worked on his election campaign as a volunteer. I worked on his father's yes. volunteer as a, as a volunteer. I'm very embarrassed that... A small city, Irving, like Irving, has more courage than the national government. Yeah, mayors really shouldn't have to do this. Uh, this no, is a federal. No, I mean, Bill uh, Richardson, Bill Richardson, a Hispanic governor, has said it's time to get our borders under control. Wesley, thank you so much. I have to agree with you. I think when you consider 650 students in Irving, not one of the largest school districts, we know that Dallas went out to hire over 20 Spanish-speaking school teachers from Mexico City because they were educating all of these children of illegal immigrants. I think that's a bad thing. I do not think that taxpayers ought to be funding that, and I think uh, what's happening in Irving is a good thing. We've got Lee on the line. Lee, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? I think we need a a candidate who will speak out um, against illegal immigration, and I think he would have a a large following. Uh, That's uh, just about the only reservation I have with Huckabee. Um, I don't know whether I should, um, you know, whether he would be the right candidate or not. Or not. Because of that, he doesn't seem to be strong uh, on illegal immigration. But mm. we need someone who is. 
It's interesting. He's got a plan out, which he brought out last week, which is very strong and uh, makes a lot of sense with regard to some of the uh, the planks of it on yes. illegal immigration, although his record in Arkansas wasn't as strong as this plan. So uh, do we give someone a pass to have seen the light, especially after the outcry over the amnesty bill? Uh, Huckabee's in town today. Uh, we've been in touch with him, his office, and he's to be on next week, I believe. They're going to make the effort to be back here on Jerry Johnson Live. But here's his secure American plan that was announced in the last week. Point one, build the fence. Point two, increase border patrol. Point three, prevent amnesty. Point four, enforce the law on employers. This is Pat Buchanan redo. I mean, uh, you know, five years after Pat was saying it, establish an economic border. Point six, empower local authorities. Point seven, ensure domestic document security. Point eight, discourage dual citizenship. Point nine, modernize the process of legal immigration. That's Newt Gingrich's uh, main emphasis. But certainly Huckabee getting tough now with this plan. And uh, I hope that Buchanan is right, that this is a sincere conversion. And I do think that people... Uh, are evolving in their thought on this in Washington and elsewhere because the nation is rising up. Every candidate, Republican, Democrat, is saying this as they campaign in Iowa, New Hampshire, the Carolinas. The number one surprise, how worked up the people are about Mm -hmm. illegal immigration. And sometimes politicians do not see the light until they feel the heat. They are feeling that heat. Sherry's on the line from San Angelo. Sherry, what do you think? Well, I think that the young man that spoke before Lee, yes, maybe we need to get him to run for president. I really <laughs> liked what he had to say. I liked his spirit, too. He has a lot of zeal, a lot of courage. I think he has some wisdom, too. He may need to uh, get into politics. He, absolutely, and I just wish more people were open and spoke out like he does. And as far as the illegal immigration is concerned, I have a daughter who is the Border Patrol. Then I have a son who is a Marine, 20-year Marine, and... You know, there is a lot of money spent on people who have not, and and I don't, it's not that I don't want people taken care of, I do, but there is a lot of money spent on people who have not paid into the system, whether it be with their life or with their earnings, with their taxes, that are throwaway people that we're not taking care of in this country, and I think it's time that we turn around and look look at what's going on here and clean up our backyard as well as taking care of us. You know, the other part of this is that our system, like our health care system and our education system, are being overrun in a sense. And we're having to keep up with the illegal, you know, the people that can't afford health care, for instance, and as, uh, as was mentioned earlier, the people that don't speak English in the schools. I mean, what does that do to American citizens who may be, you know, underprivileged and deserving of this care, or American students in these schools? I mean, obviously the schools are having to be dumbed down when you have to deal with people that don't even speak the language. Well, and you've got to wonder if the 650 uh, school children from Irving, if their parents were paying property tax. I don't think so. If no, they are, I, and I think you have to look at where the support is coming from. Like I said, and whether it's from someone who gave their life or spent a lot of time or uh, paying their taxes, whatever it is, we need to remember that they are the people who are taking care of this country, and we need to give consideration to them, and they are not throwaway families, and I think this is what some of people are feeling like, because they are people who are desperately striving to make a living, doing the best that they can do, and they're falling through the cracks. Sherry, we want you to do something for us. I see it. I'm we- sorry. 
We want you to do something for us. You're down there at San Angelo, KCRN. We want you to thank your son, your daughter, for their service to the country. Please do, I do that. that. Daily. Thank you. All right. We got All Paul right. Paul on the line from Frisco. Paul, thank you for calling. What's your view? Yeah, my view is I'm a little bit suspect of media reports that say that candidates who speak strongly against illegal immigration are naturally hurt by the Hispanic community. I think there are plenty of people who are citizens of this country who are Hispanic who are equally concerned. I can't help but remember one lady whose name I can't recall on the Bill O'Reilly show. She was heading up a committee to try to curb illegal immigration, and the other guy was, you know, throwing the uh, the uh, accusations of her being a racist, you know, on top of her just for saying we ought to control illegal immigration. Uh, you know, it they're going to put every the uh, the left has got the biggest thing they can throw at somebody is you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist, and repeat it like a lemming. So that's the button that they're always going to hit with the politicians, that they're always going to be sensitive to it. And I would take a strong, skeptical view of the polls, see where they're polling, who they're polling, and, and what they're doing. Cause depending you know, they on used the word nativist during the amnesty debate. Yeah. Uh, people who wanted to go by the rule of law and abide by it and strengthen it were called nativists, and that was supposed to be the big insult. But the American people just didn't buy it. No. No, they haven't. And I think it's this whole illegal immigration thing has been the ri- biggest racist ploy that I've ever seen. Namely, you're supposed to say that a Hispanic group of people are immune from the law. Everybody else has got to abide by the law, but we're going to call you racist if we want to enforce the law against these people, and therefore we can exert the racism that says if you're from Mexico, you're special, you're immune, you don't have to learn the language, you don't have to obey the laws, you get a free pass. And I think that's really what jerks people around and gets them really angry. You know, it was interesting, Pat Buchanan, uh, Dr. Johnson talked about uh, how there was going to be some pain uh, as we begin to try to fix this problem. Uh, We've got 12 to 20 million people in this country, and uh, something has to be done about them, and whatever decision is made, uh, and he hasn't suggested deportation, so, you know, you can't accuse him of that. But uh, there is going to be some pain probably on every party's part in order to fix this, but we better start or it's just going to get worse. All right, we have Maria on the line from Dallas. Maria, thank you for calling and holding. What's your opinion? Actually, I just want to make a comment. Um, You guys were talking about people being here illegal. My parents came in here with residents and green cards, one language speaking, I'm bilingual. And all those programs did help me out. Second Uh, of all... Did did um, you go to school with with, um, bilingual education, or were you forced to try to learn English when you were in school? I went in the bilingual program, so I'm for those because there's a lot of people that are coming in, are, have green cards, and they need, they need the program. You can't expect to come in here and speak the language automatically. Where will your culture be? Well, and so your parents were here legally, and uh, I think that would be a completely different situation. But we're talking about in Irving, 656 students just in one school district. And certainly there probably aren't those kinds of numbers legally. Or Dallas hiring 20-something Hispanic school teachers from Mexico City. Uh, What do you think about those kinds of numbers, and do you think that reflects you know, legal or probably an illegal uh, mass of students? You guys are basing it illegally, basically. Um, One of the things I do want to make clear, that 
when you guys do speak about defending your country, you have to look into that um, kids that came in here as smaller kids illegally are fighting a country that does not belong to them. So do you consider America your country? I consider really a country. I don't know, to be honest with you, because what is the country going to be? Eventually, if you guys read the scriptures, there's going to be no country and no color when God comes and picks us up. Okay, Maria, we're out of time. Uh, We're up on break time here. When we come back, we've got another caller, Sarah, on the line. We'll try to go to Sarah. What did you think of that comment, that there won't be any country? Well, that's actually what Pat Buchanan says in his book. And it's bothering Pat Buchanan that Mexico, America, and Canada seem to be merging. Uh, No culture in America. All just sort of melding together. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswill.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Okay, we just heard from Maria. We're talking about illegal immigration. We're talking about America. We're talking about Pat Buchanan's prophecy, so to speak, that uh, we're headed for a day of reckoning in the United States, that we're going to lose our country. We don't control the borders, and uh, we don't shore up the dollar. And he's also concerned about the military overreaching, overcommitted all over the earth. But Maria particularly made a comment that she thought there would not be any nations or nationalities as um, we head toward the end of time. But I see actually something just opposite of that as we're thinking about Jesus, for instance, and Christmas. He is called the desire of all nations. The Bible recognizes nations, nationalities. You go to Revelation 5 and you see that great praise song in Revelation chapter 5, and uh, it talks about every tribe tongue, people, and nation, ethnos. Even in heaven, we're going to be recognized in in kinds of people groups. That's going to be part of the glory, the wonder, the majesty of heaven, as I think someone from every tribe and tongue and people group is going to be represented in heaven. We have no picture um, in the Bible, uh, in my view, that somehow nationalities are going to be eliminated here on the earth before the end of time. We've got Sarah, who's called, who's holding. Sarah, what do you make of all this? Well, Dr. Johnson, I work in a very public place with a lot of people, and comments are made to me, and I hear a lot of comments about um, us as, as Christians being 
uh, prejudiced. We're mm-hmm. prejudiced. And my comment to them is, I am not prejudiced. I am an American. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, we struggle with that on this show, uh, Sarah. This show is about the Christian worldview. We've got to be very sure that every human being is treated with worth, with dignity, with value. We believe everyone is created in God's image. We believe that um, Christ died for Anglos and Hispanics, Germans, uh, Russians. <laughs> and so uh, God is not a respecter of persons or nationalities. In fact, we see at the end that uh, all nations and people groups will be represented But it's quite another thing to talk about law and order. And the Bible says, obey every ordinance of man. And we should um, insist that our government officials enforce the laws that the people have passed through their elected representatives. And that's what we're doing. We, the people, holding government leaders to account to enforce the laws that we've passed through our representatives, which are on the book. I'm looking at a passage in Deuteronomy that often here. Uh, Love you, therefore, the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. But I want to remind you that um, Joseph, uh, when uh, he went on to Egypt, um, he went legally. He was invited. And um, later they were held in bondage. So it was a matter of, but they were invited. And later they were forced to stay there. And so that's a completely different comparison from people invading, more or less, the country illegally and, you know, what do we do? Do we say enforce the law or welcome to our schools, welcome to our hospitals, welcome to our tax benefits, uh, even though you've not paid in to that system? You know, this is really hard as a Christian, I think, to look at the issue of illegal immigration because you want to be a compassionate person uh, toward people who are less fortunate. And yet, uh, I think in a sense, those who come into this country are encouraged to do so by people who are going to profit from them, and they're encouraged to stay in an illegal status so that these people can profit from them. And really, the compassionate way, and as I said before, and as Pat Buchanan said, everybody's got to get hurt a little bit when you fix the system. Everybody has to pay a little bit of a price. But people who are uh, put in bilingual education where they really don't ever get the encouragement to learn English are never really going to rise or succeed to a great degree in this country. So it's not fair to them to basically be forced into a certain class. The same thing with not learning history and culture. It's not fair to students not to learn that because they can't succeed. Now, we have to we have to enforce our laws, and sometimes that does hurt people. But if we don't stand up for the rule of law, we're going to hurt everybody. All right. Our feature returning tonight to our feature. It's Christmas time, but there are those out there avoiding Christmas like the plague. They want to sell toys and clothes and presents, but they do not want to use the word Christmas. It's time for the Grinch Award. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. All right. Well, who is it tonight? And we're going to a repeat offender tonight, and that is Lane Bryant. Lane Bryant, quote, Holiday Sale 2006. And Holiday HQ, headquarters, they were contacted by Liberty Council. Hmm. 
And here's what they said, quote, It's politically incorrect to mention Christmas because we don't want to offend our customers who are not Christians. There it is again. Nobody cares really about offending the Christians, but uh, they don't want to offend others who are not Christians. And therefore, they just censor, uh, expunge the word Christmas from their vocabulary. I always just try to bring it back. If someone says happy holidays to me in a store, I'm just like, Merry Christmas and smile. (laughs) Well, again, this show is about the Christian worldview, and we want to talk about the meaning and the message of Christmas. And tonight I'm reading from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And, of course, this is the word logos. And... Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word of God. And later we're told in that same chapter, the Word, the Logos, was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know, so many times preachers preach uh, maybe no room in the inn or something like that at Christmas, but actually we can go a lot deeper. We can go to the doctrine, to the heart of it. It's the incarnation. The Word, the Logos, God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal entered time, entered space. The spiritual became physical. God became a man. The Word became flesh. And we're told he was a light, the light. And John the Baptist came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. And that is uh, your job, that's my job, to be light. And as you say, Apenna, if uh, someone says, uh, well, happy holidays, I think you can respond. Uh, Merry Christmas. And you might add to that um, something about Jesus. And um, just be light. Be salt. Be light. That's what this program is about. And that's what we all ought to be about. Now, Al Gore won the Nobel Prize. He was over there to accept it today. Tomorrow... We have an expert, Bill Novak, Vice President of the United States Chamber of Commerce, to talk about global warming, fact and fiction. Don't miss it. Jerry Jenkins on Thursday. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.